Hey everyone, back again. Today I want to talk about Foucault's criticisms of Sigmund Freud, specifically the idea of the repressive hypothesis that Foucault talks about in the history of sexuality. But before jumping into it, hi, I'm David. I explain philosophical concepts and ideas and ways to make them accessible to you. So if you're new here, like, share, subscribe. You'll see videos I release every week, sometimes twice a week. Wouldn't that be fun? Remember to comment on videos so we can all learn from you. You all come from widely different backgrounds, different educational experiences. I really love to hear everything that you all have to say. You always offer such great insight. And let me know what you think about this. Do you buy Foucault's criticism? Does he overplay or underplay the role of repression? In any case, before still, before jumping into it, if you want to find me everywhere, anywhere other than here, you can find me on Instagram or X or TikTok. All links in the descriptions if you're interested in that. Or you can find this as a podcast pretty much anywhere where you get podcasts under all the same names. And yeah, then you can just listen won't that be fun? Or if you found this as a podcast, you're gonna be able to find the video of it on YouTube where you'll see my office with a bunch of faces behind me. And if that freaked you out, I'm sorry. It's not meant to be scary. You can go check it out and you'll see what I mean. Anyways, let's jump into Foucault's criticisms of Freud from the history of sexuality. So before jumping into it, I think it's important to get a sense of what Foucault means when he talks about the repressive hypothesis, specifically, how he locates it within the work of Sigmund Freud. And if anyone's read any psychoanalysis, read any of Freud's work, you know that in order for society to really function, it is important for base animalistic desires and drives to be repressed. And this isn't reducible just to sexuality. For Freud, it comes down to repressing as well, like angry impulses or selfish ones, just trying to seek immediate pleasures in the world. Freud says that all of those drives, they're not totally conducive to a healthy functioning social dynamic. Instead, we must undergo some kinds of repression in order to better channel those drives and desires. So for example, sports is one way for us to channel our innate aggressive capacity and anger and to do so in a way that doesn't actually hurt anyone, at least ideally, won't hurt anyone in the world, but can still be a way for people to exert themselves in those ways so that they feel like they're matching their natural drives and being satisfied by them. Now within our childhood, Freud is clear that the father figure is meant to take on this role or be the kind of exemplary figure and then others will take their place, you know, then the school teacher will operate in this way, the police officer and other kind of controlling figures that are meant to channel humans in order to make them fit within a societal mode. The same applies to sexuality as well, where childhood sexuality is something that is suppressed from a very young age because of the harms implied within sexuality itself. And this allows society to essentially function. In this case, the patriarch, the father, assumes the role of what Freud calls the ego ideal. They are the perfect embodiment of all of the ordering that we come to associate with and come to aspire towards later in life. The ordering, the desire for control, for peace and harmony, insofar as our animalistic drives would upset that peace and harmony. And this is just like kind of a bare bones introduction. I've done a lot of other stuff on Freud. Go check out those episodes if you're interested. But Foucault comes along and he's like, hmm, really though, is the history of sexuality 
a history of repression? Is it that sexuality has been steadily repressed for the past six, seven hundred years, or in Freud's estimation, forever, technically, to have any society at all? Well, Foucault says that, like, actually, it's a little bit of an illusion that sexuality has been oppressed and repressed in European society that he focuses on. So he starts out his book, The History of Sexuality, by presenting a certain myth about the Victorians. That is, the Victorian people who are apparently these upstanding citizens who only relegated sex to its reproductive functions. Like, apparently people could only have sex if it meant they were going to have kids or it was within like a monogamous heterosexual relationship. And Foucault is like, look, this looks like repression. It looks like repression has gone on here and only permissible kinds of sexuality have been allowed to flourish. But then he turns his gaze to other domains and he starts to look at medical discourse at the time in the 17th, uh, 17 and 1800s when he found that there was actually a veritable explosion of discourse around sexuality. Specifically, there were overwhelming efforts to try and understand every single manifestation that it could assume understanding everybody's sex acts and sexuality in ways to map them, to understand them, to better then control them. So instead of sexuality undergoing a blanket kind of prohibition and repression, Foucault identifies that actually this was a period in the 17 and 1800s in Europe when new sexualities were constantly being born as perversions that could be pathologized. So like being homosexual, for example, was something that would emerged as a category in order to understand the kind of sexual coupling where two people of the same gender came together. The same would apply for different people in different ways who would you know, uh, cheat on their partner, for example. That was its own perversion. People who pursued sex outside of marriage was its own perversion. The type of sex acts people were allowed to do would be coded, uh, codified, and understood and mapped to better understand how people existed in the world. It wasn't simply as though all of these institutions were engaging in a kind of collective silence around sexuality. In fact, some sexualities, that is heterosexual monogamous couplings, were encouraged they were very, like everything was pushing people to do those things. And we very much still see it in society kind of generally today. I'm talking about like North America here or like Europe. The types of sexualities that are permitted are really permitted. They are permitted so that they hardly are even recognized as being a sexual identity in themselves, like heterosexual cisgender couplings. Whereas non-normative sexual relations and couplings are given this kind of hyper status, they're made hyper visible. Like in Florida, for those who know what's going on in Florida, the don't say gay bill. These are all efforts to make it seem as though there's the one true way to exist in the world sexually, and then everything else has to be pathologized and institutionalized, mapped, understood, traced, where trans youth, their medical records can be just like brought up, at least this was one bill being proposed in one state, uh, at some point that I shocked me to my core, where people are being put under this hyper surveillance just for the sake of watching, of supervising sexuality, which seems like a kind of repression indeed, like, and it is. But this came out of a long period when repression was apparently going on, according to Freud, 
when there was so many people were obsessed with this question of sexuality and understanding it, the different ways it can manifest. All of this works for Foucault essentially. To move people though away from just embracing or understanding sexuality is something that can like feel good. And if you think to your own, if you're in a place that offers sex ed in like high school, chances are you weren't actually learning about how to like maximize pleasure with your body or with other people. It was all about like what you are allowed to do and how you are to do those things that you are allowed to do, like heterosexual couplings. Likely you were, maybe you did talk about like queer sex or other kinds of sexuality, but well, it's probably not the norm. The norm would be like, if you're going to have sex, where you know, wear a condom, wear other, use other kinds of protection, make sure to get tested for STIs. So there is a kind of confirmation of a certain sexual disposition, one that's like heterosexual and monogamous, that is permitted and in fact encouraged. Not everywhere, we're being quite general, but just, I guess, you know, very generally. And in that we see then that sexuality is not something that undergoes this kind of blanket repression as a kind of like innate drive, but it, when it has entered into a certain domain of intelligibility in a certain world, in a certain social setting, can then be bestowed with certain qualities so that some sex acts, now that sexuality has entered into this like discursive field where it can be understood, where it can be constantly negotiated and transformed, then certain kinds of sexuality, certain kinds of experiencing pleasure in the world, then they can be celebrated while others can be occulted, kind of hidden away, it can be institutionalized. And so long as we subject sex and sexuality, or we subject bodies and pleasures for Foucault to this discursive regime that always tries to make sense of differing people's ways of being in the world instead of just letting people be, always trying to make sense of them, to pathologize them, to enter them into like psychological texts in order to best understand them. Instead of that, if it was just about experiencing pleasure, then the entire sexual domain, at least all of the discourses around it, could change perhaps for the better. Sex ed wouldn't just be about like how to do it safely, but how to maximize it for the most pleasure that people can experience, not to be like, put people into categories based off of sexual identities, but instead to open up possible discourses around sexuality that encourage the feelings of pleasure and how to maximize that. Now, with this all being said, I think people can go personally, I think people can go too far in this direction and be like, oh yeah, so all sexual identities are, you know, constructed, they're just taking us away from like uh, real experiences of pleasure. And it, it, this can be used as a way to like diminish, uh, you know, LGBTQIA plus people's like two spirit people's claims to being recognized in their sexuality. And the difference I would say is it's important to distinguish from those types of sexualities that were opened up into a medical regime to be pathologized and institutionalized. These kinds of sexualities indeed have been, but they have also undergone a kind of reclamation reclamation by the people embracing those identities who very much it aligns with who they are which i think is an important distinction that is a reclaiming versus an imposition of uh, an identity but i'd love to know what you think yeah what do you think is foucault right in suggesting that you know maybe we haven't been really repressed in the way that freud says like that there's just this blanket repression we have to sublimate or transform our desires into socially productive things 
Foucault's like, no, actually we are like totally obsessed with sex. I mean, it's just some of them, some kinds of sex are like really channeled and encouraged while others are hidden away. Yeah, let me know what you think. And on that note, if you like what I did, like, share, subscribe, and I'll catch you later.